Today on the podcast, we're talking about mental health and how powerful nature can be. Today with us, we also have Connor Moriarty back with Reset Outdoors that's going to give us some insight into how he utilizes nature in their practice. Hey, Connors, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. Today we have Connor Moriarty, and he is the founder of Reset Outdoors. So we're going to talk about how nature can help our health and well-being. So Connor, if you just want to say hi and introduce a little bit about what you do. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. Um, my name is Connor. I'm the founder and director of Reset Outdoors, which is a mental health practice as well as an organizational consulting firm. Uh, our specialty is integrating the outdoors into people's treatment. And what we like to do is try to reconnect people with things that work for them in terms of sustainably impacting their overall well-being. So we try to get people out moving gently uh, outside with other people who they eventually learn that they can trust and feel comfortable with. Um, that way, even if you don't say a word, you're going to get some sort of measurable positive benefit from it. And then for companies and organizations, our trainings and longer term support programs focus on uh, well-being as a professional development strategy. How do teams and organizations shift the culture of one to one that does absolutely put an individual's well-being front and center and tracking how that impacts the overall dynamic of a team. Yeah. And you know, I think one of the interesting parts of so I know me and you both were big nature lovers. Um, and I think this is probably something that we probably should just mention, you know, I think being and you said it here a moment ago, if you value nature, right? So if you're like, Oh, my God, bugs, trees, I don't like that, then maybe nature is not your thing. But That's for right. those and I know so many people that, you know, they'll say, oh, as soon as I get out and I'm hiking, I feel so good. And it's so if you value nature, that's where, you know, this really comes into place. But I remember a, a while ago on the last podcast you were on, you said there's no such thing as bad weather, just poorly dressed people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always I always qualify that before by saying you can punch me if, if you want, because it's, uh, you know, it's one of those phrases that it's entirely true, but also um, can force us to confront our uh the little blocks that we throw in our own way sometimes like ah, it's a little rainy it's a little chilly maybe i don't really want to go outside when in fact if you're dry and warm a rainy day a rainy winter day is beautiful yeah i agree with you and it's funny because um just recently i bought one of those outdoor heaters that go on the patios and in the morning we would go outside and have our cup of coffee when of course it's nice weather you know for fair yeah. weather people and um it's getting a little colder my dog loves to play frisbee and that was his thing every morning we would go outside drink coffee he gets frisbee when it started getting not so warm out little rainy we stopped but the dog was like no i still want to go outside and play frisbee yeah so we got this outdoor heater and now we just put on like a coat with a hood and we go outside and we're a little bit warmer. And it's interesting because I thought about what you said about that. And it's just how many times do we just kind of, oh, it's crappy out. I'm not going to go outside. But like you just said, sometimes you actually really need it. You really do. And and um, I think I, I don't want to overgeneralize my own sort of tendencies and patterns with with everybody else. But I have a feeling that most people know that instant when you're like, I, I need to do something, but I'm not sure what. And this is probably a good thing for me to do, but I don't quite have the motivation to push through my sort of initial resistance to doing that thing. 
back to your original point, it's never one size fits all, right? Everybody's needs are different. Everybody's preferences are different. And so what we try to do is help people reconnect with things that they know work. And for you, as an example, if you know that throwing a Frisbee for your dog, even if it's cold and rainy out, is good for the dog and also sort of for you, then in time, that resistance, that lack of motivation starts to fade a little bit. It becomes less of, a, of an obstacle to keep you from doing something that's good and healthy. And, and ultimately, I would argue better than like doom scrolling on Instagram or something like that. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny, because I was thinking about, you know, when you were talking about that, how many times so if you were to invest $120 in a warm jacket, let's say you got on sale Black Friday, Christmas sales, you know, invest in a good warm jacket, 120 bucks, how many times would we would take that $120 and invest a new tech, maybe a bigger tablet to scroll Instagram, maybe buying supplements to help us sleep because now our sleep is a little skewed. We wouldn't think twice a lot of times on spending that money on a supplement or a tech, but to spend it on a good jacket so we could be outside. Now, if we're just talking about let's sleep for an example, you know, we know 20 minutes in nature, sunlight helps to reset our circadian rhythm. This is great. We do this a lot with shift workers, like just get into that light, whether it has to be a daylight lamp, you know, because that's the only thing you have access to, or if you can get in front of daylight, just not right before you try to go to sleep. We know that health benefit is there. So if sleep is your issue, we can invest in a $120 jacket to get outside and be a little warmer than having to buy all those pills and supplements and devices to help us sleep. Totally. And I, I just want to make a shameless plug for uh, REI has a used gear program now um, where you can get a perfectly functional, wonderfully warm, waterproof jacket for well under 120 bucks. So yeah, I mean, your point is spot on. You can, uh, it feels a little underwhelming to think that in diverting these funds to buy a piece of equipment that's going to actually facilitate this longer term, very slow, but subtly powerful investment in myself, it doesn't quite have the same uh, jolt or juice that maybe upgrading your tablet or getting a new set of headphones or uh, buying a PlayStation game does. Uh, and, I, and I get that. It's, they're, they're two totally different things. And the, the time frame and the scale is very different. But ultimately the jacket's going to serve you a whole lot better, my opinion. But you know, your point is, that is, is spot on. It's so interesting because if you just go to Google and you, does being outdoors help my health? You just get slammed with articles and research and technical therapy words all about how it can. I mean, the biggest thing I see, and I'm going to let you speak on this in a minute, is, you know, stress, anxiety. I even saw research on type 2 diabetes. Yeah. Like, that's just, it's so powerful. Yeah. And there's, you know, this is a, this is a, a deeper discussion, I think, maybe for another episode. The outdoors isn't exactly welcoming and safe for everyone. But for those of us that feel comfortable, for those of us that are able to, um, you know, attempt to get out more, you're 100% right that the research is overwhelming in terms of the impact, the positive impact that has on not only our mental, but our physical health, our social health, it, it all improves just by making time to get outside under the natural light. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was astounding. And I'm going to post the article I originally saw. I think it was from New York Times. It was called Nature Versus Nurture. 
And it was just, it was just research after research. And it was really kind of overwhelming once you opened it up because it was just, there was so much of it. And I like that you, and we're definitely going to have to have you back on to talk about that because yes, you're right. There are some situations where being outside isn't safe. And that does have to be something that needs a broader discussion about because I'm a big believer that everybody should have access to healthy habits. And I'm sure that's something you promote as well. And it's just sometimes we forget what those social determinants of health and how they impact us. And when that day comes, you let me know. I've got a, two or three other people that I think would be really tremendous uh, voices in that conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I think a lot of times we hear a lot, especially coming into this time of year, is seasonal affected disorder. You know, I have a lot of people that will come to me January, February. I'm just so tired and I they need a vacation. They need sunshine. They need warm weather. And I think a lot of times one is we're ignoring the sun because the sun requires us to be slightly cold. Now, it was interesting. I didn't know this existed until yesterday. My son went hunting he, with my brothers. He came back. He's like, mom, for Christmas, I want battery operated socks. I didn't yeah. even know battery operated socks was a thing until I Googled it. And here's something that a lot of people don't walk outside because your feet get cold. My toes get cold all the time. I didn't know I could fix it by like a $35 pair of battery operated socks. Laura, they have battery operated socks. They have battery operated long johns, battery operated gloves, vests. Like it's it's a it's a real thing. And I, I have buddies. I've never tried them, but I have buddies that swear by them, especially guys that spend hours and hours and hours uh, usually sitting in tree stands or under trees while they're hunting. So yeah, I think, again, doing whatever you can to invest in some simple but very effective gear that's going to help you stay warm. If that's the thing that helps you get out and enjoy, like you said, just 20 minutes a day of natural light and maybe looking at some trees or even just seeing the sky, the clouds roll by, the colors change for you know different shades of gray this time of year can actually be kind of beautiful, starkly beautiful. We're coming into hopefully soon because I love that first snowfall. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, I think a lot of times we just think of for us to be outside, it has to be in nice weather. And I think this is why we see so much of this a seasonal affected disorder is because we're just not getting outside at all. And I think it might have been you guys that posted it or somebody else was posting that the average person spends 93% of their life indoors. That to me was staggering. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I remember just reflecting on myself who values the outdoors, but works in four walls. It's interesting because I was like, there is no way I only spend 7% of my life indoors. I'd say during the winter, that's definitely on point because I might only get out yeah. 20 minutes yeah. a day. That's 120 mm -hmm. minutes a week. That's nothing. It's staggering. Uh, and, and you can see that there's, it's, it doesn't take a huge logical stretch to see that there might be some connection there between the way that we feel, the, the fatigue, the malaise, the melancholy, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the feels that hit us hard as the weather gets colder and the daylight hours get shorter. But the research is abundantly clear that you don't need to have bright, shiny blue sky days um, or even leaves on the trees to start collecting these powerful benefits by going for a stroll, breathing some cold air um, and adding. And this is an important ingredient that we we work on on our trainings all the time, adding a measure of awareness and intentionality to that experience. I am going out because 
I need to clear my mind and recharge a little bit. So I'm going to spend this 20 minutes investing in this. I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to take my earphones out and I'm just going to stroll and pay attention to whatever jumps out at me from the environment around me. You know, that's actually really powerful in that moment, what you just said there, because how many times do we get out of work and we had a rough day and we're asking our coworkers, hey, who wants to go grab a drink with me? It's a tough day. You're going to grab a drink. You need, you know, in that moment, I just need an outlet. I need something. Maybe it's social fun. Maybe it's, you know, just hearing the music in a bar. It might not even be about the drinking. It just might be the social aspect of it. And yet how many of us make that same connection and say, you know what? I just need to be outside because I can say I love being outside and there's times I get like that. But most of the time when I'm in that moment where I'm just stressed out, I'm not thinking about going outside. I'm thinking about maybe hitting the gym, pouring a little bit of tequila, maybe doing some yoga, but not am I making that connection? Hey, maybe I should just go throw the Frisbee with the dog for 20 minutes. Yes. I mean, I I would, I would argue that in that sort of list of activities that you just outlined, the first choice in my mind would be throwing the Frisbee for the dog for 20 minutes. However, what's so powerful about intentionality is that it can it can uncover therapeutic value from almost anything that we're engaging in. Um, now, I want to caution and say, of course, this is all things in moderation and you know what works for you and what doesn't and what is too far, especially when it comes to tequila or, or drinks after work or happy hour right? What we teach in our programming is it doesn't have to be 20 minutes outside with your dog every day. Although we advocate for that because we know that it works for most people. It can very easily be, I'm going to have a couple of drinks with my friends from work after a really hard week. And I am going to intentionally use this opportunity to recharge. I'm going to spend time with people who have some sort of shared experience. We're going to enjoy each other's company. And that in itself is powerfully therapeutic. So Point being, it doesn't really matter so long as it's something that you know is healthy and that you don't overdo it, right? That's kind of the point. And then setting the intention of just, I'm taking advantage of this experience to reconnect me, to recharge, and to get something good from. That that small little switch you flip in your brain is incredibly powerful. So I'm going to challenge everybody listening to this that next time you do anything that you enjoy of a stress relieving technique or just bonding, however you want to word it, set that intention that that is what it's going to be. Because I think if we start being present in that moment and making those connections, that can, like you're saying, is even the more powerful part of all of that. That's right. The three the three ingredients we always try to focus people on because you're already doing these things without even being aware of it. The first is a little bit of physical movement, right? And again, it doesn't matter. You could be walking in the supermarket, getting your groceries, and you set the intention saying, this walk that I take here in the grocery store is going to be one where I pay attention to my body and see how it feels. Simple. The other part is connecting with other people. Connection is medicine, right? So anytime you have an opportunity, and I would argue it's a little hard to do when you're kind of at a conference table or in Zoom all the time, it can be a challenge. And I get that. But when you have an opportunity to connect with people in a way that feels sincere and authentic, set the intention of having that be something that recharges your batteries because that true, sincere, authentic connection with other people is powerfully therapeutic. And then finally, anytime spent outside, five minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, we know is good for us. Our bodies respond in as little as five minutes. So those three things, gentle exercise, connecting with other people authentically, and time spent outside are three powerful tools that everybody 
almost everybody has access to. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting. I love how you broke it down to the three because I think that's it's easy to digest. It's easy to do. It's interesting because when we hit January and February, when it's cold, it's we're starting to get into that seasonal affected disorder. A lot of times we lock ourselves down. We're not going out with friends. Maybe you walk around the development with a couple of the neighbor friends. And now that it's cold, it's rainy, it's wet, you're not doing it. And all of that comes into play. So, you know, if we could change that mindset a little bit, set those intentions and make it you know, maybe you have coffee in the morning or coffee on Sunday morning with the people that you normally would walk with. And, you know, you handle it that way. I think there's ways that we can look at what we do in the warmer weather and recreate it if we set that intention when the weather might not be so grayed out. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% accurate. And we are naturally adaptable as a species, right? We're we're, uh, humans, nature as a whole, humans fall into that. We are good at creatively solving problems and shifting our our behaviors as we learn new things. And I I think your, your point is spot on. Get a little creative, figure out how you can accomplish the same recharge with a slightly different practice. One of the reasons why all of this works, and you kind of made that comment to it too, is about just a little bit of movement. You know, it's interesting when I always like to try to figure out, well, why does nature work? Is it because it's got some avatar, you know, like connection to the roots and our energies and stuff like that? And who knows, maybe. Or could it just be as simple as it's something we value? So if you already value outside and you're now outside, it's already something you're as a core value that you find restorative. It has that social aspect to it, whether it's plants, animals, trees, people, you know, there is that social aspect to it. But you got that movement in. We know movement is good for the hormone releases that make us feel good. We know that when our circadian rhythm and being out in the sunlight, or I should say daylight, doesn't even have to be sunlight. It just has to be daylight outside. That releases even more of our happy hormones and our serotonins. And so it's all of this that just comes into place that it doesn't have to be, you know, those expensive tools or devices that help, you know, what did I just see the other day? Oh, it was some cooling neck device that you cool- put on you that's like to sp- reset the vagus nerve. And I was like, can't we do that same thing with like an ice towel? <laughs> and it was like a $300 device. And it was just, it's amazing to me how much is out there and how simple it can yeah, be. I- Hundred percent. I think we like to overcomplicate things, and we sort of feel like there's this uh, need for some sort of immediate fix. Um, and I, I fall into this too. Like, it, it, you know, it's a, it, it it's all of us kind of in the modern world that we're used to getting things quickly and having these things uh, create an uh, an immediate sense of solution. Um, but the reality is, there's always simple things. We we have evolved to be very closely linked with the natural world. In fact, it's a relatively recent development that we are so detached from our connection with nature. Um, so to your point, is it some sort of avatar like connection with the roots? Maybe not quite as dramatic, but yeah, we have this connection. We have a, a, an important place in the ecosystem. And uh, I think those of us that spend time, again, like as little as 20 minutes a day, reconnecting with the natural world, the benefits are proven. Um, and another point to add is that there's some really important research coming out about how uh, a connection with nature is for some people as powerful as a connection with other people. Let me rephrase that. So 
people that are able to spend time regularly in the outdoors feel connected, sincerely and authentically connected to something, to something. And that that sense of connection can be an effective surrogate for if you don't have other people that you feel particularly connected with in that moment. So it's just mind blowing. And of course it feels totally intuitive and it makes a lot of sense. But when you spend time walking, whether it's in, you know, midtown Manhattan or in the middle of the woods or, you know, wildlands conservancy. When you walk, your body responds. You don't do anything except for start to stroll and do that out in natural light. Your body responds and it responds in a way that helps you feel more connected, less stressed and, uh, and able to think more clearly and effectively. It's, it's not magic. It's, it's hard science. Yeah. And I love the fact that our science is catching up to what so many, you know, you think about children. When you have little kids, what's the one thing they want to do? They want to go outside. They don't want to be in the house. House. They don't, most of them don't want to be stuck in front of a TV. We stick them at in front of a TV at a young age because we have something yep. else to do. But if you were to give a kid go outside or sit in the living room, I can tell you probably 95% of the time, if not higher, they're going to be want to be outside. And yet somehow we have reprogrammed ourselves as adults to stay inside. And it's just, it's amazing because I know how many people I talk to. And, you know, I do a lot of work with shift working professionals and we use a technique. We do a lot of fishing for stress management. Love it. And I I always, you know, and it's funny because, you know, no one wants to hear, I call it the dirty M word and it's meditation. You say meditation to a group of diesel mechanics and you have just turned off every single one of them. I'm out. No, thank you. Yeah. And it's funny because when we start talking about, you know, mindful practices and stuff like this, and we talk about, you know, standing at the edge of a creek or a river, and right before, you know, you throw your fishing rod, what is the first thing you do? Now, most of them will joke, well, I crack open a beer and that's fine. But what's the second thing they do? They all take a deep breath in. Yeah. And yet how many of, how many of any of us at any point in the day, just sit there and we take a deep breath in and we're present in that moment. We're listening to the birds, we're smelling the air, we're looking for the fish, you know, it's probably the first time in a lot of their their days, their weeks, their months that they have actually been present and don't even really have to think about being present because it's just automatic. Yeah. We so I, I love I love the dirty M word. I think I'm going to use that uh, for sure, because it's true. And I, that's I, I'm one of those people meditation has never been something that I, at least meditation the way that it's taught and sort of standard mindfulness right. trainings. Uh, I've never been able to do that with any type of um, consistent positive result. It's hard for me to use my mind to quiet my mind. But what meditation is teaching is essentially really focused situational awareness, which is what we talk a lot about in our programming. How do you develop an awareness of not only what's happening internally, what's happening in the environment around you. Um, that awareness brings you into the present. It roots you in the present moment, which is really what the goal of any any uh, mindfulness-based training is trying to get people to do. And fishing, with or without a cold beer, is a perfect vehicle for... Um, bringing your attention into the present, becoming aware of what's happening in the world around you and the ecosystem that you're a part of. And ultimately what's going on inside of yourself and your body and your mind. Um, it's powerful. It works. It's, it's, it's proven. Yeah. And I think when you're speaking of stuff like that, it's what comes down to the person's core value. What do they value? Is it, is it fishing? Is it motors and motorcycles and classic cars? You know, anything that we value as a person can, I think, be use in a sense for that, bring us back to that present moment. And I think a lot of times, you know, maybe your value 
is sitting on a yoga mat in twinkle light. Maybe it is, you know, the Tibetan singing bowls. Maybe that's where your core value, where you feel most restorative. But when we talk about meditation and it's always in that mantra type practice, it does leave a lot of people out of that conversation. And that's where we want, I want everybody to practice these things and experience these things. And I think so many people do practice and experience them. But like you said before, they're not setting that intention. They're not saying, this is my restorative practice. This is what it looks like. And I think setting that, you know, creates a whole new paradigm. It's a simple trick. It's a simple life hack and can make all the difference in the world. Yes, 100%. We all have things that we do all the time to help maintain our stability, our balance, right? Our level of health and well-being. And by adding that little dimension of just intention and awareness, it ups the therapeutic value significantly. And then ultimately, it's about doing more of what works and less of what doesn't. It's that, it's that simple. It's not always easy, right? It's not always easy, but it is a fairly simple equation, a very simple recipe. And I think, you know, it could easily be simple if we acknowledge it for what it is, because how many of us are already doing these practices? My husband, he's big into classic cars. So we'll go driving in our Mustang and, you know, he will hear the smallest tap of a motor. Nobody yeah. else can hear it. He hears it, but it's because you're plugged in and present. So eventually he started realizing that his stress management was getting in the car and going for a drive. And it was something he didn't have to do anything different other than acknowledge it. And sometimes I think we get so busy in that, you know, life that we forget that, hey, you know what, 10 minutes, I'm going to go take a bath. That's going to be my restorative time. That's it. I, I love this episode because it's just, it's so, it, it brought all of this around to so simple, you know, get out and out the outdoors and whatever you find restorative, make it that intention and acknowledge it. I think that is the best thing to get us through this season. I love this season, but I know not everybody else does. I'm going to use all these practices in August when that is my worst month out of the year. Exactly right. So here's what we usually do in our intro workshop series. It's all about helping people reconnect with the things you're naturally drawn to, right? What are the things that you want to do without having to be cajoled or, or, or suggested or anything. It's just things that naturally bubble up. Like, oh, it'd be really nice to do some laundry. It'd be really nice to bake a pie. It'd be really nice to go for a walk around the block. Or it'd be really nice to call my friend Jason, right? Just chat and see how everything's going. It'd be really nice to sit down and watch Netflix while eating pizza. It doesn't matter what that thing is. The point is, is paying attention to how you feel before and how you feel after. And if there's some sort of net positive change or it detracts from it, right? This is sort of back to the tequila thing. We all know that a little bit of tequila can go a long way in terms of being really medicinal. But we've all crossed that line where all of a sudden you slip into the territory where the next day you don't feel recharged. You feel beat up, right? That's this is the process. The things that we do without having this awareness are oftentimes our body, our mind's natural responses to maintain balance, to maintain health. And we can amplify those effects by adding awareness and intention. <laughs> I am going to end the episode right there, Connor. That was sheer brilliance. And um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they reach out to you guys? 
Yeah, thanks, Laura. The best way to get us is through our website, resetoutdoors.com. There's a Let's Talk button. We're there. We're happy. Uh, we respond typically within 24 hours. Um, one of the few mental health practices locally that are able to get people in for a consult in as little as 48 hours. Um, and then Instagram, Reset Outdoors, Facebook, Reset Outdoors, LinkedIn, Connor M. Moriarty, or Reset Outdoors. We're reluctantly on those three platforms. Um, and it's a great way to connect with people. I mean, it's really a lot of fun to, to interact with folks. Uh, kind of in a simple way through those platforms. Um, yeah, and we're happy. We're here. We're happy to talk. Anytime anybody wants to reach out, we'll be glad to, to start straight to come, strike up a conversation. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Connor. It was great talking to you today. Thank you, Laura. Have a really wonderful rest of your week and don't forget to get outside. Yeah, absolutely. Get outside.